And then I felt like, okay, now I know where I'm trying to go. And it helped me kind of move up the ladder from being froze to going into the mid range of stability where we typically live to this, to the highest end where, um, where you have, you know, significant things that are happening to you that you're, you're clicking on all cylinders, that kind of thing. I was just at the bottom rung of that ladder for a period of time and I needed help to get out of there. Today's guest on the Spirit Change podcast is Serena Johnson. She is a licensed social worker and she works as a director of disability and access service in the collegiate system. Serena's Spirit Change moment helped her realize that she freezes during life difficult situations. In this podcast, she gives us practical advice on how to get unfrozen and move beyond life's difficult situations a little bit quicker while also tapping into the resilience within you. Oh my goodness. So welcome to the Spirit Change Podcast, Serena Johnson. Let me just tell you, Serena and I go way back. What is even more crazy is that we grew up in the same little small town. Um, but we didn't meet each other until we moved out to Arizona. So craziest story. She has been in my life for, gosh, almost 20 plus years. It is absolutely insane to think about it. But when I think about Serena, um, she is like really one of those pillars in my life. And so without further ado, I will turn it over to you, Serena, with the first question, which is, Serena, what is one word that you would use to describe yourself? Um, that's a good question. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I think the word that comes to mind that describes me, I would probably say resilient. Resilient. Love it. Love it. And why, why would you call yourself resilient? Um, I think one, I like the definition of it in general, like it, it applies to all of us that we are stronger than what we think that we really can rise to the occasion. And, that, and many times I think we count ourselves out, right? We don't, think we are until we're in a situation and I wasn't really I never really I never really thought of it until I was in a situation that I was probably more resilient that I am more resilient than I ever thought I was so resilient really is a good word that applies to me and um that probably has always applied to me to be quite honest but for sure resilient is the word for the day for me <laughs> Love it. So um, I don't know if you know, but you know, one of the things that I call the clients that I work with, or if you land on any of my pages, um, is a resilient cultivator. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's this constant reminder that, you know, to your point, you know, you, you never really know what you're made of until you actually go through something. And that ability to bounce back so quickly um, in the face of adversity or trauma or whatever, um, and being able to cultivate the life that you want, mm -hmm. despite what is going through or despite what you've gone through, that makes you a resilient cultivator. So thank you for kicking us off with that resilient cultivator. So, you know, when Serena and I were talking, um, I had just did a podcast on reliving trauma and I wanted to invite Serena back because she was like, oh, girl, that's good. So <laughs> I wanted to have this conversation with you about the lessons learned um, during uh, trauma, Serena. And you would know that so well with just um, some of what you've gone through in life, but most importantly, how you assist others in your current role. Um, so I just wanted to kind of 
piggyback on, you know, maybe that conversation about reliving trauma that we had, but I thought I would let you open it up to just, you know, what your thoughts are as it, rela as it relates to some of the lessons that you've learned through trauma. So, you know, trauma is that is one of those things that we all encounter. And I think especially now, you know, two years into this pandemic, and even though, you know, we're a little bit more aware and, and know as a, a group of people how to move in, this, in, the, in the face of the pandemic, um, I think we've all experienced some level of trauma collectively, right? Mm -hmm. But I think even individually, we've all experienced trauma. So for me, you know, trauma is one of those unforeseen situations that you encounter that really um, knock you off your feet, you didn't see coming, uh, get you off your square, as some older people would say. Um, and it's something that really is, it kind of just takes the wind out of your existence, right? You don't expect it to happen to you. For me, um, back in November of 2020, I found a lump in my left breast and um, it, 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 the test results came back that um, it was cancerous. And so in the, that was in the height of the pandemic. Um, we were, you know, every, nobody had an answer for anything. People were just stuck in their houses, making a mad dash for toilet paper and paper towel. And I was one of those people because um, you just didn't know what was happening. And, and even in that in, in itself, you began to catastrophize, oh my gosh, what's happening? Is it airborne? Is it not? Not to mention, then I get hit with this diagnosis and it took the wind out of my sail. I remember my husband and I were eating lunch outside. I got the call and I froze immediately. I, I could hear, I took down notes, but my husband got physically ill mm -hmm. and um, he had to excuse himself from where we were eating at, but he got physically sick. And it was just such a traumatic situation. And I remember going forward for anybody that's encountered any kind of diagnosis like this, you just kind of put yourself on autopilot to get through the barrage of tests and more tests and more tests. Um, and you know, at that point in time, nobody could go with me to any of these appointments. And so from the, the trauma of just having the diagnosis uh, associated with me, and then having to go through all those tests um, by myself was trauma on top of trauma on top of the pandemic. And so to be quite honest and fully transparent, I still am kind of struggling with that because it was just a lot for me. It was a very lonely space to be in. And so that trauma was just very residual. And the way it showed up for me was I became very anxious and I hadn't always been that anxious, but anxiety for me was um, I wasn't sleeping well. Um, I became, you know, you have this, when, when people encounter trauma, it's very common, and we've probably heard this before, it's a fight or f fight or flight kind of response to it. But there's also a third pillar there called freeze. And freezing is something that I think my, me and myself was just, that was my default. And I just froze. Um, I didn't, I was just in trauma and I just froze and all I could do was just be really still and all the energy I had was just devoted to getting through every test, the next test to hear what the last outcome was, so on and so forth. So um, for me, that trauma was just something that um, it kind of went on for a period of time um, up until, I don't even know, I think it quit resurging, maybe if you will, um, almost a year into it. But um, it was just one of those things that really just put you that takes you a step back. Mm 
mm. and it impacts every area of your life. Mm. It impacts every area of your life. Yeah. You know, Serena, you brought up so many good points. And if we can just kind of take a step back and just, you know, begin to unpack it all, because, oh, my goodness, you know, you, you talked a bit about how, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, so you have this external change that's happening to everyone collectively. Um, but then you also have this shift where you talk about this personal change that is going on in your life, right? Um, but then you also talked about how Maxi, so now you have this inner circle kind of con uh, um, dynamics going on where Maxi was also impacted. Mm -hmm. So that's brilliant because I actually kind of break that down in my book, how change can come up as and actualize in these three different areas, external change, inner circle change, and then personal change, right? And so not only are you navigating your own situation, but now you're helping other people navigate, you know, how this is impacting their lives while COVID is collectively impacting all of our lives. And I remember sitting there um, a few months ago, just talking to you and just talking about your respective situation and the amount of resilience that it took for you to walk through this season, seemingly alone, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you had your people, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you had to be bold enough and brave enough to walk into these appointments alone and not have your community sitting by you. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about maybe how that helped build up that resilience mm -hmm. that you speak about, you know? Yeah. Um, looking back on it, I can definitely see that I relied on internal resources that I really hadn't identified before mm -hmm. um, that I had all along. And one of the internal resources was definitely my faith. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to these appointments and my husband and I, we would pray before I got out the car and I put on my mask and I walk into this huge, beautiful building. Uh, and then I would sign in, I pray on the elevator. And I remember praying that I would tell God, okay, I know you're going before me, you're behind me, you're beside me. Um, I'm not by myself. And so that is one internal resource for sure that I relied on in a very different way than before. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just because of the magnitude of it, it was just very different than, you know, um, relying on my resiliency to do a presentation, an important presentation at work. This was about my life. And I'd realized how, uh, what the impact was on my husband and my kids mm -hmm. and how I, and how I, even how I received it or perceived it for myself. Right. And so um, relying on and trying to give myself an opportunity to receive the internal resources. Mm -hmm. You know, I was definitely one of those individuals that's probably um, a little bit more critical of myself more than I should be, a little harder on myself than I should be, not so open to let people help me, you know. Um, and I look back on the time and I realize that I, I need, I wish I would have relied more on some of the internal resources, but I don't even think I realized in the moment that they were there beyond my faith. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have the energy, right, to do that. But I think for sure, um, the, there's always an internal resource for any of us when we experience these traumatic situations that we just need to kind of give ourselves permission and pause and just even ask the question, what, inter what internal resources do I have? Mm -hmm. um, and see what comes up. Because it's something's going to be there that, that can help us 
walk through whatever we have to walk through in a way so we don't go under so we don't you know have a total come apart right i love that i love that you know one thing that you had brought in um that i mean i think we should touch on a little bit more uh is that you said that uh oh my gosh you were talking about how you wouldn't allow people to support you, right? Yeah. And it's so interesting because when I think about you and when I think about the dynamics of who you are in my life, right? Whenever I need anything, you like show up. You're right there, right? Um, and I think that so many women do that where mm-hmm. we have that support system for other people, right? But when it comes to opportunities or times where your inner circle can really come in, step in and support you, we just kind of shy back from that a little bit, um, you know, for whatever reason that may be. But let's speak to that a little bit. Like, how can you, you know, hindsight, you know, looking back, how could, how would you, what would you say to a woman who is maybe going through their own season of change? So it might not be cancer, right? Mm -hmm. But it's another season of change and their inner circle is looking to support them. What would you say to that woman now I would say to her, I'm just going to say it the way it comes out. Girl, you matter. Girl, you matter. Because I realized in those moments, I don't think I thought I mattered. Um, My therapist was helpful in pointing that out to me, Mm -hmm. that um, there was a little bit of uh, that, that a little bit. Let me just be honest. There was a lot of that going on with me that I felt like I didn't matter. Um, I felt very alone at points in times and I just I you know for me I went through even a few moments where I felt like what did I do to cause this right and so then you start going through your head every everything you've done uh, right wrong and different you think oh my god if I would have turned here if I would have did this or didn't do whatever you think you contributed somehow to this change in my life and um I think there was some shame around it. <clears throat> I was, I felt some shame around it. There was, um, I couldn't believe it was happening to me and I couldn't believe I was having to deal with it alone. And when I say alone, even though my husband was there and my friends made themselves available, I even think, you know, both of my parents are deceased and I had to kind of deal with that because I knew my parents would have, they would have been right with me had they been here. And so I didn't have that either. And so, um, I think I felt like I just didn't have anybody and I just, I I was in that freeze mode and I just couldn't articulate it, but I was behaving in the world, moving in the world as if I didn't matter. And that wasn't the case because there were friends who wanted to be present with me that I just, I think in all honesty, I think if they would have just said, girl, I'm coming or girl, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I would have been okay. And I, for me, I felt like if I were to ask or if I would have said I need it, somehow I was, could be perceived as being weak or what, whatever. And I just never really pursued it. But again, I didn't think I mattered enough to say, girl, yeah, I need you to come and just sit with me, hold my hand, whatever the case may right. be. And right. that was the reality. That's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to hold my hand. Mm-hmm. And um, so someone that, you know, when you, some of that caused me to kind of suffer in silence. You know what I mean? I created that own space. Yeah. So, yeah, that was something. Um, girl, you matter. Girl, you matter. I love that. I love that. And, you know, Serena, you, you bring up some very valid points, right? 
So uh, last week I was speaking with Jason, who's also on, you know, on the podcast, and we as we talk about mental health awareness, because May is mental health awareness, which is one reason why I wanted to have you on, right? But he was talking about the narratives, be mindful of the narratives that we're creating in our minds. Absolutely. And so this is one of those moments to where, you know, had, you know, for, for the woman that's out there listening or the man that's out there listening right. that might doubt, you know, or might have a little, um, or might have some hesitations on whether or not they really should have that support. You matter, right? I love that girl. You matter Yes. because we do. And you think about all of the important um, roles that we play in other people's lives. Um, but then when it comes to our lives, we tend to shrink back Absolutely. or feel like, it, you know, may it, oh, it's not important. But um, I love that. I love that. Serena, when you think about maybe um, one of the biggest lessons that you learned over that time, that season in your life, what do you think is that biggest lesson? Um, I think the, I think I've had a couple lessons, but I think the one lesson that I could say is listen, encouraging me to listen to my internal voice. Mm-hmm. You know, don't second guess my internal voice. Um, I matter to God, I matter to my family, I matter to my friends. And I think um, some of the, the my internal conversations that I have, that internal voice, I think sometimes I've just kind of pushed it to the side and said, surely that doesn't apply to me. You know, like it's too good to be true. And I think it goes back to the whole concept of girl, I felt like I didn't matter. And so I think one of the greatest lessons for sure is to trust my internal voice. Mm-hmm give give it a try trust that internal voice and move in that direction versus freezing i'm not serving anybody well by freezing and first of all i'm not serving myself well by freezing Mm -hmm. um i think all of us have god has given us all um gifts abilities and talents and we don't serve the world any good when we don't think we matter Mm -hmm. and when we think when we don't move in that direction and i think um for me, I have to just be willing to trust that voice and just go, go, just move in that direction and see what happens. I'm not doing anything crazy and wild out here. So, you know, trusting that voice, what, what harm is it going to bring? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, even as you, as you think about, you know, we had our cancer journeys at two different times, right? So 2018, um, we, you know, and, as we talk about health and I know that your, your primary focus from a profession, right, is really in disability and access services. Right. And so we're, we'll dive into that for a second, but you think about just that internal voice and I'm, I'm going to correlate the two in a second, but you think about the internal voice and what, um, what it is that we're designed to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we have these visions, um, of what we of how we see ourselves absolutely but then we also have these barriers and roadblocks because we see the deficiencies of who we are you know maybe that's through what we were told maybe Mm -hmm. that's childhood trauma or childhood experiences right Mm -hmm. and when you think about what it is that you do Mm -hmm. you know um and the the you know how you serve your respective like clients and customers there yeah. um, at Piedmont. Um, 
how do you help them hear that internal voice that's saying, you know, we're more than enough? Absolutely. You know, um, and help them move beyond, help us, right? Because yes. we all have some level of decision. Help us move beyond ourselves. Yeah. Um, to that internal voice and actualize what it is that we want to see. You know, when students come in, you know, they are oftentimes very panicked um, because they're coming back to school either right out of high school or they maybe have a newly acquired disability that they've never encountered before. And so no matter where they are in their journey of school, coming to the college environment is a new, is a new uh, space for them. And so they often come very uh, panicked, uh, confused, unsure. And so I think giving people space just to kind of take a breath and just being very um, attentive to them as they are sharing their story that whatever their story is is always very important to me right because i don't want to be dismissive i don't want to be distracted because it takes a lot for someone to come and talk about their their barrier their barrier in reading and writing or whatever the case may be and the trauma that probably is, is associated with some of those barriers like if they've had difficulty reading in since elementary school they've probably encountered some trauma along the way from their peers or from teachers or whomever and so that's all that's, that's baggage they're carrying with them and so when they come to the college environment they're not really for sure what to expect and they're thinking well i do need this help but i just don't want more of the trauma to come along with it so listening and giving that individual space they're really being reassuring to them mm -hmm. and being comforting to him almost being a um, I don't want to say it's a virtual hand holding, but it is kind of like a virtual hand holding, like being very reassuring. And I'm going to hold your hand in a uh, figurative way that um, I'm going to be your advocate. I'm going to hold your hand. And if you run, if you encounter any experiences, I'm your person. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's so important when people just want to have a connection with somebody that no matter how many times I say the same old thing over and over again, girl, I'm scared, girl, whatever, the other person, that friend is going to say, say it to me again. And they're going to be genuine. Mm -hmm. Their demeanor is going to be genuine. Their tone is going to be genuine. And I think that really makes a difference for folks when they get to talk about their stuff. Mm -hmm. Just hold my hand mm -hmm. and just listen to me tell the same story until I can figure out how to move through it. I love that. And so, so essentially what I hear is you know whether it's somebody that you're directly working with or whether it's a friend a sister or even a complete stranger that you might not know giving them that space to show up authentically and as that person that they're coming to so they're they're bringing themselves their whole selves to you right um and as that person that they're coming to listen yes be fully present um, and by being fully present, then you're able to make that connection with them. Absolutely. And then also be reassuring. Yes. So, you know, to your point earlier, and I'm not sure how you framed it up, but like ultimately listening to them, you can help guide them through this situation or at the very least give them the confidence that they need Yes. Um, to move forward, right? That's, because yeah, that's so true. You're spot on. Yeah, to your point, one, you know, earlier you've like, oh, I just feel so alone. And most of the time when people are going through seasons of change, we internalize that this situation is about us. To your point, there might be guilt, there might be shame associated 
with whatever the challenges that they're going through, but having that safe space to land yes. um, really could change the world for somebody, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so true. You know, it's just, it truly is a small things uh, that can make a difference for individuals. And when they can, when a person going through their season change can encounter someone who is listening, attentive, um, and, um, you know, just present with them. It's just, it can really make a world of difference for individuals. And I think the challenge is, the challenge is always when you are the one that's being encountered, you know, you got to slow down yeah. and you got to, you know, that's probably the more challenging piece. It's not you because, you know, you would, the person going through the change is probably the person you're encountering. Right. <laughs> they have to slow down and, and and be ready to do all those things. And that doesn't come easy. And sometimes you just can't do it, but there's always an opportunity to circle back, I think. Yeah. And you know, you think about what it is that you do, Serena, and even through the season that you were going through, you know, and I remember um, just being able to talk to you while you know, I, I, I think about the juxtaposition, me going through treatment, mm -hmm. you going through treatment, right. you know, and, you know, just being able to be that stabling force for each other during yes. those times. Yes. Um, you know, it, it. I think you just learn a lot about yourself over those seasons. I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, the ability, and I, when we talk about resilience, um, when we're going through those turbulent seasons of change like that, the ability to actually be able to sit down in front of another person, even though you're going through your own season, um, and see the person and maybe even the trauma or the change that they're going through and not making it about you, right? Yes. So being able to um, be that be a person for another person when they're going through that season, like is very important. I don't know if that would be that makes total sense. You reframe that very well. Yes. Yes. Job well done. Yeah. Because you think about um, a lot of times what we tend to do is we tend to go inside. Yes. Uh, and what I've learned about change is that if we stay focused, and I'm not saying just focus on everyone externally, but if we, if we can focus on how to make a difference in other people's lives and know that, you know, this season that I'm going through is just temporary. Yes. Um, and that the season that we're enduring, if you would, is a season that's actually going to create a space for something new mm -hmm. um, and look for whatever that newness is, then I do believe that we come out of that season a lot better. And I've just watched you through your cancer journey and I see the resilience that you've built, mm -hmm. but then I also see the impact that you have on your life, your, your children's life and your family's life. So it's been an inspiration for me. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. I appreciate that. I, I I will say that I think, you know, just the conversations we've had has given me the um, the the energy to consider the next phase. Because you're right, you get so bogged down in the moment. And for someone who's kind of froze, especially for those who have fro that freeze when they have these high intense situations, it takes a little bit more to get you unfrozen. Okay. And so you just have to have that, you can have somebody in front of you that can help you move through it a little bit and be more patient. That makes a difference because when you're froze and kind of stuck, it's difficult. Yeah. So Serena, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. What does, you know, for somebody that might, you know, we already know the fight or flight, right? 
but right. someone that freezes, you yeah. know, that might be a, a new term for some sure. people. So how can you determine if you're a person that freeze instead sure. of right? I, the way I understand it and the way that it has happened to me is that you just kind of almost shut down. Like, you know, when you fight or flight, that's pretty self-explanatory. But when you freeze, you just shut down in a way that you, um, you are utilizing all your energy just to wake up in the morning and kind of get on with your day or do what you need to do. And so freezing is just where you, I think freezing kind of borderlines, it looks a lot like depression. Okay. And um, you just are at a loss mm -hmm. and you can't, you can't pull those internal resources to the surface as quickly as you could in other circumstances. And in most situations, I think people who freeze don't freeze all the time. I think it's the main, you could probably look back over your life and see the major heavy hitting, heavy hitting times where you realize, ooh, I froze there. Okay. 10 years earlier, I froze there. You know what I mean? Like I could look at my life and I could pick out three areas where I froze, but they were significant situations in my life. And freezing is, freezing is, where you just don't know where to turn and you're just too afraid to make a move one way or the other because you just you feel like the bottom is going to fall out you don't have that stability to even get your legs steady enough to run or even take a position to defend yourself you're just there yeah. and um that's a heavy heavy place to be and if you can't articulate that um, for a minute, I couldn't articulate it until someone mentioned it to me and my therapist said, and I was like, oh, that's what that is? Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And we really spent a lot of time focusing on that. And I think that is what was helpful for me. It gave me language to what was happening to me. And then I felt like, okay, now I know where I'm trying to go. And it helped me kind of move up the ladder from being froze to going into the mid-range of stability where we typically live to just, to the highest end where um where you have you know significant things that are happening to you that you're you're clicking on all cylinders that kind of thing mm -hmm. i was just at the bottom rung of that ladder for a period of time and i needed help to get out of there okay so for someone that might be frozen what is one actionable step that they could potentially take to get them frozen um one actionable step so I'm gonna give you two, only because if sometimes if <laughs> one may not be the you know one person one I'm just gonna give you two. I like options. Two. Give me I two. Think <laughs> one would be if that person has the ability to say to a trusted individual, "I need help. I'm frozen. I'm really stuck." Mm -hmm. That would be one one resource. The other one would be start writing. Mm. I've never been. I've always tried to journal over my life, and honestly, I've it more it was more painful to journal than anything because i was always focused on the structure and grammatics and that kind of thing versus just writing one long run-on sentence mm -hmm. um and writing has been such a help to me because it lets me get all that stuff that is swirling in my head on paper and when it's out it's out um and so i would tell the person if you can't say anything start writing it out and i think writing it out will, will ultimately give you an opportunity to articulate what you need when you need it because it, it's very possible when you're stuck you just don't have the words even when you're stuck to really articulate to someone with that you need a little help right i love it 
Serena, so in closing, your spirit change moment, right? Um, is you're stronger than you think. Yeah. Just, you know, share a little bit with the, with that lady that might be listening or someone that's going through a trying season. Uh, girl, you matter. Mm-hmm. Girl, you matter. Um, do not think you don't matter. And however you get out of being froze, do it. Mm-hmm. Because you matter. Mm-hmm. You matter. And there's nothing that can, time time does make things better. The further and further away you get away from those moments will come and it makes a difference. But the further and further you get away, let's do some work in there. Mm-hmm. So the ultimate goal is when you encounter another life situation or a life change moment, you won't stay froze so long maybe, or you won't be froze at all. Like that's, I think, uh, growth. But girl, you matter. You matter and find yeah, that internal resource to help you move through it because you do matter and you deserve to come out of a situation better for it, resilient um, and prepared to move on with life. Mm-hmm. I, love yeah. it. I love it. So you've heard it here, ladies and gents, you matter, girl, you matter. So Serena, thank you so much for being part of the Spirit Change podcast. I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Spirit Change. Be sure to stay connected for future episodes. You can follow me on social media or visit my website at AngelaRGarman.com. Talk to you soon.